Living streams. I have missed you. My family has missed you. We just miss you guys. And it's really funny because I know I'm talking to a whole bunch of people who are like, who is this guy, right? You have no idea who I am because my family and I have been in Italy for the last six, uh, 15 months. Haven't been here in Arizona for 16 months. And I don't know. I, I, uh, I, I could whip up some tears for you, but I got them all out uh, in the first service when I first got up here. And I was like, oh, I'm here in my family, you know? And, and that's why I just, like, I just wish I knew every single person sitting here, every single person listening online. But those of you who are here, just know you feel like family to us. And in this moment, it's like coming back to water and uh, you haven't wandered through a desert and coming back to water and drinking for the first time in such a long time. So it's just so nice to be here with you. Uh, like Ryan mentioned, my family and I have been in Italy, been working on a small church plant, uh, all kinds of interesting stories uh, that I could go into. And uh, if you'd like to hear them, you know, we've got a blog at fritz5.com slash blog. Uh, it's F-R-I-T-Z, the number five, dot com. You can go and read about some of those stories, even the time that we were in lockdown, all that stuff, and what the Lord was doing. And I'm excited to say we did get to see the Lord do a few things in Italy. Um, it's, it's just, you know, it was a, a very interesting, uh, good, difficult, challenging, weird journey all at the same time. And now here we are back among family. So it's good to be here with you today. Now, I want to mention to you that what we're going to talk about is something that I think all of us can agree on. And today, right now, we are all looking for things to agree on, right? So I think we can all agree that the world right now is filled with a lot of voices, a milieu of voices clamoring for your attention, fighting to get your attention with all the passion and energy that they can muster, screaming at you at every moment, listen to me, listen to me, follow me, this is the right way to go. And here's what I have to say before you run away and think, oh my goodness, we're getting into a political sermon. This guy's going to come and talk about the politics of Europe and the United States. Forget about that. I'm going to leave that stuff for Pastor Dave, right? That's what he can cover. He can talk about the voices we should be listening to, all of that. Today, I am here to talk about one voice, one voice, and it's the voice of the Good Shepherd. You have been in this church in the book of John. And in the last, since chapter 7, you have been hearing Jesus Christ addressing the Pharisees. Now, Pharisees, I want to just mention real quick, the religious leaders of the day, they're the authoritarians, they're the ones that have set up the structure, the ones that are promoting themselves and, and building what society should look, should look like, right? And Jesus comes in and he's starting to speak to them, and he has things to say. You know, so you're in this section of Scripture, and it's beautiful, but in the midst of this, this section, you find Jesus, actually kind of at the end of Jesus speaking to the Pharisees, you find this section where Jesus begins to talk about the good shepherd and that he is the good shepherd. And I'd like for you to pull out a Bible, if you can get your hands on one. Digital devices are great right now. You can open up to John 10. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV. And starting in verse 1, John 10, 1. It says this, very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters the gate, enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. 
but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. I'm going to skip down to verse 9. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. This is the word of the Lord, and I ask you if you bow your heads with me as we pray and invite his presence here today. Lord, you're speaking. In fact, I believe you're speaking much more often than we are paying attention. And today is a message about voices, primarily about your voice. So, Lord God, I ask for your presence to be with us. I know you're in this place. You are alive, and you want the best for us. So would you speak? Can you use my voice in whatever way you please today to communicate the message that you want? I thank you that you've spoken publicly and not just personally through your word, and that today we have this, 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 this captured moment in time where you were sharing some truths that people really needed to hear. And even today, 2,000 years later, we really need to hear these truths. Help us to listen. Take us where you will and help us to be people who follow. In Jesus' name, amen. So, about two years ago, I remember distinctly there was a day when something funny happened. My wife and I uh, needed to get some new plates and bowls. I have three little girls and glassware doesn't go that last all that long. And so the bowls were getting torn up. I'm like, we've only got three bowls. You know, I got to keep washing these things for breakfast all the time. Let's get some more bowls. So we're talking about bowls. And then the next day I go on Home Depot looking for a drill and they've got this little section down. I think it's on the right side of the page. It kind of jumps around or whatever. And then all of a sudden I'm looking for a drill, but plates pop up. And I'm like, what is going on? I was just talking to my wife about that. I get the quizzical look on my face. I'm like, hmm, something's going on, right? And then I notice it happening again and again and again and again. I think all of us are kind of aware at this point uh, in the world that somebody's always listening, right? For us, it might have been Alexa. Uh, at least that's her name. It's the Amazon Echo or Dot or whatever they call these things. And we've got one, and my kids love to talk to Alexa. Hey, Alexa, do a backflip. I can't do a backflip, you know. Hey, Alexa, I love you. Hey, Alexa, I hate you. Oh, it's, kids are interesting in the way that they interact with Alexa. But Alexa's always listening to us. Siri, whatever they call the thing on Android, they're listening if we haven't turned it so that you have to push the button first. Listening, listening, listening. You enter a query, you know, like a search query in uh, Google, and the next thing you know, they've captured that information, and they've given it to somebody, and somebody's using it to market their product. This is a voice, a voice that's speaking to you. In fact, it's a voice that's targeted to speaking to you that really, really, really wants your attention. Businesses and the advertising, the way that people advertise today, I believe, is craftier than ever. They have figured out some amazing things. They can get so accurate that I can talk about plates one day, and the next day I can have an advertisement for a plate show up on my computer screen. So the point of me mentioning this as I go into this dialogue is that Jesus in John 10, you already heard me read about it, is talking about voices. Voices that are seeking to lead the sheep somewhere. You heard the hired hand, correct? 
The hired hand is not the shepherd, but the hired hand is in among the sheep, and, it want, and the hired hand wants to take the sheep somewhere. You hear another voice, that voice of the thief and the robber. I kind of like that word a lot better, robber. Yeah, the thief and the robber, that thief also has a voice and is also trying to lead the sheep somewhere. And so we hear and we know that Jesus is pointing out there are voices and I have a voice, the good shepherd, and my sheep are supposed to know my voice and follow me because my voice is going to have good for them. So now what we have to ask in the midst of all this, because we do have these voices competing for our attention, is this one question I hope we can all hear. What is their motivation? Can you just say it for me? Just, just say it with me, just for fun, okay, on the count of three. One, two, three. What is their motivation? Oh, my goodness, if I could just teach my three daughters to ask that question every time somebody's asking something of them. What is the motivation? Now, don't get me wrong. I am not here trying to talk to you about how it is wrong to advertise or to get somebody's attention because you have a product. I need plates. I need dinnerware at my table. I want to find the best price, and I want to find something good. That means somebody needs to get my attention about dinnerware. What I'm asking you to do is ask the question, what's the motivation behind the voice? It's critical for us. So now, let me get some of the motivation. Let me, let me peel back the veil a little bit and give us a glimpse of what's going on in Jesus' day. Because we're looking at a section of Scripture that, was, uh, that, happened, uh, that happened 2,000 years ago. And now here we are today, and I think that there are a lot, of the, uh, a lot of parallels for us that we can take to heart right now in our own world, but that we need to understand what was going on there before we can really understand them. So let me point out who Jesus is talking to. Now, I had mentioned earlier, just a second ago, that Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. Now, if you're a student of the Bible, you ask this kind of a question often. In fact, you ask two questions every time that you go to Scripture. Who's speaking and who, uh, I'm sorry, who is speaking and who are they speaking to? So if you ask those two questions, it begins to re reveal the setting and the context of which the, uh, which the words are spoken into. Jesus is speaking to somebody specific. We heard about it right off the bat, speaking to the Pharisees. Now, how long has Jesus been speaking to the Pharisees? Well, since chapter 7, Dave, you've heard David preach about the Pharisees. Jesus and the Pharisees have been having an exchange. Now, so you know that Jesus is speaking, and Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. What is the, what is the, 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 what's the mood of the room? I mean, if you take an assessment right now, what's the mood of this room? You know, you're hearing me speak. Maybe you're sitting there wondering, hmm, what, what does this guy have to say? Is it any good? Uh, what, what are his credentials? You're thinking all of these things to yourself, wondering before you just take whatever I say is truth or fact. You're wondering, will he make a compelling argument? Does the Bible have anything of value to actually communicate to me? Well, these Pharisees are asking the same thing about Jesus back in the day. In fact, it's not like this. There's a, this is a peaceful environment. I mean, you got, somebody in here might start heckling me in a minute. I hope not because then I might cry. You know, I have to wander off. But listen, Jesus was in an intense moment. The Pharisees were not happy with what Jesus was saying. They did not like Two things in particular. One, they were saying that you guys are not doing your job well. In fact, your job is not a job that you are doing for the sake of the people that you are supposed to be leading religious leaders. You are doing it for your own selfish purposes. Now, you would remember Jesus talked about the hired hand. Now, there are these three voices I mentioned, the hired hand. And I suggest to you that Jesus is now entering into this dialogue and he's starting to point out to these Pharisees, you're a hired hand. Your voice is the voice of the hired hand because when you think of the sheep, you're not thinking of the sheep for their well-being. You're thinking of the sheep for your own good. And I think that's an interesting, an interesting thing for us to examine because when we think about 
what a voice is trying to communicate to us when they're trying to sell us something. Again, there's nothing wrong with it. But the thing is, is what is motivating that person? What is motivating the hired hand in that situation? It's personal gain. Nothing wrong with the personal gain. That person needs to feed their family. They've created a product that you need. However, it's personal gain. So we have to be very careful how much we listen to that voice. We have to limit the exposure that we have to that type of voice. And Jesus is coming in and he's talking to these Pharisees and saying, what you have for the sheep is not good. Like you are not, you, you don't care for the sheep. And in fact, if the trouble came, you know, if the storms came, when the wolf comes into the pen, you will flee. Why? Because you're only in it for the money. So he's addressing these Pharisees and there's a lot of tension. In fact, there's so much tension that the second thing I was mentioning uh, he's addressing the Pharisees about who they, uh, who they are and what their intentions are. But then there's this other bigger thing, this huge issue for them. And Jesus is ultimately wrestling with them over who is his father. They're saying, your father's the devil. And he's saying, no, my father's not the devil. My father is God and your father is the devil. And they're like, what? And then you hear this thing. And back in chapter 8, I remember listening to David's message. And in David's message in chapter 8, he mentioned that at one point, Jesus said, I am. He said, Yahweh. Yahweh was like the super important word. That defines God. It's basically the I am, that I was before there ever was anything, and I will be after there is everything. I am the I am, and Jesus said, I am. And they picked up stones to stone him. And right here in the middle of this section of Scripture, I'll read it in a moment, the same thing happens. The, Jesus is identifying himself as God, and they are not happy about it. So who is this guy, Jesus? I want to suggest to you that that individual question may be one of the most important questions that you answer in your entire life. Who is Jesus? I hope that that's rattling around in the back of your mind, this entire message, and that if you haven't answered that question, who is this guy, Jesus, that it would haunt you until you come to a conclusion, even if the conclusion is negative, even if you say, I believe the guy died He's, you know, he, he's in a grave somewhere, whatever it is. I just beg you to come to a conclusion on that question. Who is this guy, Jesus? Who is this guy, Jesus? That question was so hot, so volatile, that there was violence as Jesus was speaking these words. They were upset, and they wanted to stop him from speaking anything else. So we're going to talk about the robber because Jesus gets into the robber. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But I want to read this verse about the hired hand that you guys can hear this. John 10 and 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. When he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So again, I ask, what are the most motivations of the hired hand that we need to pay attention to in our own life? It's personal gain. When we hear the ads, people are going to do everything that they can to get our attention. It does not mean it's the best thing for us. And it's so funny because when I'm saying this, I'm thinking, I hope my girls, my little girls learn this lesson. I hope that I can embrace this lesson in my life because I know it's going to be good for me. And I hope that we as a community and you sitting here today can just think. What's the motivation of the voice speaking to me? And is it good? Because it's actually influencing me, maybe even more than I think. Oh, so beware, the voice of the hired hand is only in it for the money. But there is a more sinister voice out there that we need to think of. And that is not the voice of the hired hand, because that voice is not necessarily bad in and of itself. 
It's the way that it's used is for personal gain, but there's another voice, and that is the voice of the thief. Let me read this to you in John 10, 8 through 10, right in the middle of our passage. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The thief comes only to, let's say it on the count of three, one, two, three, steal, kill, and destroy. This is what Jesus is saying about this voice. Now, he's already been in this competition, and they're like, you're a child of the devil. And he goes, no, you're a child of the devil. And they have this back and forth, and there's all these tense moments. But he's saying, you're a child of the devil. And what that means is that the thief, the thief comes into the pen for the sole purpose of stealing, from taking, from stopping them from having what the Lord wants them to have, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I want to talk about the voice of the thief in our lives right now. I've got a little story from Italy. When I went over to Italy, boy, you really asked, I was, our family was asking questions, how do we get to know people? I don't speak their language. We were not in Rome or one of these, uh, one of these amazing cities that tourists go to. We were not even in the north. On it. We were in the south of Italy, and I could get into this and go off, and I'd love to tell you about all the nitty-gritty details. I'd love to plan a vacation itinerary for you because this country is amazing. But down in the south where we were at, we were in a spot where they only spoke Italian. In fact, they had a dialect that made it even harder to understand their Italian because they were so localized. There were no English speakers. I'd imagine maybe 1% of the population could actually speak English. And so we were grasping for who can we, who can we connect with, right? We had some, English, uh, some Italian speakers on our team, but that meant that they had to do most of the work. But we could connect with some people. And uh, we could connect with some people, and we're looking for ways to connect with others. Well, one of the ways I thought would be good is that I've been a cyclist, and I know that they love bicycle riding in Italy. You may not relate to that at all, but in Italy, cycling is a really big deal. So is auto racing <laughs> in Italy. That's kind of a cool thing as well. But bicycle riding, racing is a big deal. And I'm like, I can ride a bike. So I got a bicycle and met somebody in the bicycling club, and I started riding with these Italians. I just wish you could see what that looked like. When I'm riding along, and they're speaking in Italian, I have no idea. And there's like 20 guys riding, and I'm just trying, huffing and puffing and trying to keep up with them. It was almost comical. But I knew that I had to try and keep up with these guys, which meant I had to ride on my own as well as with them in a group. So I would ride up these hills, and there were these really great hills right outside the city, and they were about 2,500 feet high. Like, you could just go straight from the sea right up to 2,500 feet. And so that meant when you're going up, your, your heart is pounding. Well, I remember one day I'm riding up this hill, and there are sheep and cows everywhere. It was actually very surreal some of those days when I'm riding, and everything's still and peaceful and quiet, and you hear the bells of the cows I mean, have you ever heard a cowbell? We know what a cowbell is, but like an actual cowbells, they're ringing, kong, 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 and I'm riding up. But on this particular day, a sheepdog and its buddy came running after me on the bicycle. Now, just to paint you the picture, my heart rate is already at 85 or 90% of my max capacity, right? I'm going up this hill, I'm exhausted, and a dog starts chasing me. Now, cyclists and dogs have never had a good relationship uh, ever since the invention of cycling. My heart is pounding. It is raging and going right Right, like just like right through the roof. I stand up on the pedals and ride away. Now, thankfully, I think this dog was all bark and no bite. It never caught me. It never bit me. It never did any of that. But I want you to listen to this next part. The next time I rode up that hill, my heart rate is high. Everything's, you know, pumping. Everything's working good. It's an excellent ride. And when I come to that corner, 
my heart rate go, elevates just right through the roof. Why did it happen? It's because in my memory is saying there is a dog that is going to come around that corner and try and attack you. Now, the dog wasn't there this day, but still, my heart rate elevated, my palms got sweaty, I felt a little bit of anxiety, and at some moment, I even thought about turning around. Maybe I just don't want to face the dog today. Maybe I just don't want to hear the barking dog today, and I should go back. Thankfully, I didn't. Thankfully, I kept going and come to find out the barking dog wasn't even there. But I'd suggest to you that there are barking dogs that the, the thief uses in your life, just like that was a real barking dog in my life. And I just wonder what those barking dogs are barking at you about. What thing is the thief trying to steal from you today? What thing has the thief been trying to steal from you over these past months and years? You're not good enough. When you got laid off from your job, you're never gonna be successful again. That relationship that ended, that was pretty much the end. The drug addiction that you have, that you've been wrestling with, it's never gonna go away. And that barking dog continues to yap, yap, yap. And every time you hear it, your heart rate goes up. Every time you ponder that voice, you feel like you cannot ever find green pasture in your life. But that is the voice of the thief. And Jesus tells us that is not the voice that we are supposed to be hearing. The voice that we are supposed to be hearing is the voice of the good shepherd. And here's what the voice of the good shepherd says. I am the gate, this is verse nine, I am the gate, whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's the voice of the good shepherd. The voice of the thief wants to take from you, wants to stop you from moving forward, wants to stop you from finding the abundant life in this life, wants to stop you from understanding that the good shepherd wants eternal life for you wants relationship with you, loves you, has given of himself for you, lays down his life for you, because the motivation of the good shepherd is for you. And if that's one thing that we could walk away with and we could tune our, voice, our, 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 our ears to hear that voice, think of how our lives would change. If we could stop hearing the barking dog, I just have to tell this little story. I was connected with this guy. He's a home builder in Alabama. And we were talking and chatting, and he's like, hey, I built this house, and I sold it to this guy, and he's a royal pain in the neck. And he keeps, he's, he's like a barking dog. And I'm like, let me tell you a story, which I just told you. And, I said, and he said, he's like a barking dog. And I said to him, are you going to let the barking dog stop you? Because every day he would come in, and he'd go to work, and the guy would walk across the street as he's building this other house, and he'd yap at him. Yap, 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 yap. And he didn't want to go into the neighborhood, and he didn't want to do his job, and it was hard for him to just like that voice that yaps at you. But at some point, you have to make a decision. Am I gonna ride on? Am I gonna return to that place? Am I gonna which voice am I gonna listen to? And it may be hard, and there may even be a little bite behind the bark, but the truth is, is that the enemy wants to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, has come to give you life and give it to you abundantly. So how do we come to know the good shepherd's voice? Are there any dads of daughters out there right now? I want you to raise your hand strong and proud. Dads of daughters, daughters right now. 
I feel you. We are, we are connected more than you think right now, all right? I have three little girls. I do not have any sons. I'm very happy with my girls. They are the light and joy of my life. I love them. Uh, 62 days in lockdown in a three-bedroom apartment with only a balcony. Wow. Talk about practicing listening skills. There's emotions everywhere. They have, they have so many things to say, I can't even believe it. So many things to say, and they want daddy to listen. You're not listening to me. You need to listen to me. Listen, listen, listen. And I'm like, ah. So much so that I would run into a room. I promise you there was a day or two when this actually happened. I don't know, I don't know what it looked like from the outside. I ran into the room, closed the door, curled up on the bed. It said, leave me alone, right? <laughs> My moment of weakness, I was down low, but... <laughs> They know, and they stood at the door. This, these are my girls, I love them. They stood at the door and heckled me. Come on, Daddy, come on, Daddy. Daddy, why won't you listen to us? Daddy, Daddy, do this, do this. <sighs> lockdown. So they all call it. The Italians even called it lockdown. <laughs> but you know what that helped me with? You could put me in a dark cave where I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. It could be filled with children. And if my daughter called out to me, help me, Daddy, I would know her voice in an instant. That beautiful, incredible, those beautiful, incredible voices that just helped me in 62 days of lockdown to understand more the specificity of that voice, the intonation, the tone, the mood, I love my girls and I'd do anything for them. And I know their voice. The question for us becomes, do we know the Good Shepherd's voice? Have we come to a place in our lives where we know the Good Shepherd's voice? But more importantly, I've got a few more things to say in the message, but this may be the end of the message for some of you. Because I have a big question to ask. And that question is, does God have a voice? Does God have a voice? Because when you hear a message, I don't know where you're at in your life. I can only share with you about my personal experience and people that I've talked to and my experience with God himself. But I don't know where you're at and whether or not you've answered the question, does God have a voice? I know that there's a guy named Pasquale. He's Pasquale. He's about 26 years old. Um, you might be watching Pasquale. I love you, man. You're awesome. I love our conversations. But Pasquale, I met when we went out for a survey trip uh, in January of 2019, and I got to talk to him then. He loves to talk about theology, absolutely loves it. Um, and then when I went back out there in June, my friend and I, my friend Steve and I would sit with Pasquale on a regular basis. We had all kinds of meetings with him, and we would talk about theology. We'd talk about God. He didn't want to talk about religion because there's plenty of religion in uh, Italy, all the young people don't want to talk about religion. They, they, they proclaim themselves to be atheists and agnostics, and that was Pasquale's situation. He said, I'm an atheist, which means I don't believe in God. Then from that time, after many discussions, he says, wait a minute, I think that I'm an agnostic. And he moves on from being to an agnostic where he says, I recognize that there's a greater power out there. I just don't know that we can know that greater power. And then Pasquale moves from there during our conversations to saying, I'm a deist. What's a deist, you may ask? Well, a deist is a person who believes that there's a God, that God created the world, but then he removed himself and stepped back. It's kind of like he wound up a watch, lets it tick, and he's like, I'm not going to interfere. 
And this is how Pasquale sees life. And so eventually we came to these points like, we have all this connection, Pasquale. We would love to talk to each other. What's the breakdown? Like, like what do you think about the Bible? Oh, I think the Bible's teaching me good things. Well, this, that, and the other. We have all these great discussions. We hear his point of view, et cetera. But it all comes down to this one thing. I go, Pasquale, do you believe that God can speak to you? Do you believe that God has a voice? And Pasquale says, no. And I go, why don't you believe that he can speak to you? And Pasquale says, because I do not believe that God is a conscious being. I do not believe that God is a conscious being. And if God is not a conscious being, then he cannot speak to me. I cannot have an exchange unless it's with a conscious being. I'm like, that makes perfect sense. And I said, Pasquale, do you want to listen to the Lord's voice right now? And I asked him, and he said, no, I don't want to listen to the Lord's voice. I don't want to listen to, for the Lord's voice. And I just think that may be the end of the message for some of you here today. Do you want to hear the voice of the Lord? And if the answer is no, I'm glad you know where you're at. I'm glad you know where you're at, but I'd love to talk, talk to you more about it. Because I do believe that God is a conscious being. I feel that I've encountered and have a relationship with him. That, he, that Jesus Christ is alive. And you'll hear Kurt talk about that a little bit more when he does a baptism here in just a few minutes. Pastor Kurt. That God has a voice and he uses that voice. He's a conscious being and he is alive and he wants to speak to you. And that you are actually made to hear his voice. So for those of us who do believe that God has a voice and we want to hear God's voice I want to point out just a few things that I think will help us to hear God's voice above everything else, the other voices that are competing for our attention. Number one, and there's four little things. Number one, be a sheep. Be a sheep. Now, this is the part of the message where I was thinking, I could have all this great stuff to say about shepherding because while we were in Manfredonia, Italy, there were shepherds, and they would lead the sheep like right in front of our apartment, and the bells are clanging, blah, blah, blah. The, the sheep dogs are there, and if you get within like a certain radius, they're totally peaceful, and they're like, woo, 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 you know, like barking at you. The whole deal, it was almost surreal. You know, you see the sheep there. But I'm not gonna do that because I think we all get the point. What do sheep do? Follow. Sheep follow. That's the point. Are we a sheep? Are we sheep? Do you see yourself? Can you see yourself as a sheep? And are you acting like one? Two, simple steps to hearing God's voice. Two, hit DND. Do not disturb. Have you guys ever seen that your phones actually have this little function? And you can hit DND and it stops it from ringing and it stops it from doing all these things. It won't light up. So let's just say you want to listen to God's voice and you hit DND. And you put that over there, and you're like, oh, something important can be happening. You're like, I have to listen, right? But you actually are able to just get some distance and hit D&D. Now, it's not just with phones, okay? Do not disturb is something I wish we could hit on life. I mean, I wish I could hit a little do not disturb and get a little peace, you know. It's because, like, my girls, they have lots of energy. But I need to find some peace. And I wish that I had some crafty, smooth, slick answer for you. And I could tell you, this is exactly how you get out of your busy life and hit DND on life and hit DND on the phone and hear God's voice. But I don't. It's just flat out hard. If you own a business, if you go to work, if you pay bills, if you have a house that you're renting or owning or whatever it is, you have lots of things going on. And with those other voices clamoring for your attention, it is hard to get yourself into a place where you hit DND, do not disturb, and get yourself alone with the Lord. But it's critical. 62 days in lockdown allowed me to hear the voice of my daughters better and better. Only time with the Lord will allow you to hear the Good Shepherd's voice. 
And so I hope you can figure out how to do it in your own life. Three, listen to hear. So we've got be a sheep, hit DND, listen to hear. Is there a difference between listening and hearing? I can listen. And I can be thinking about the answer that I'm going to give you. <laughs> or I can be listening and hearing what you're saying. There's a difference. And finally, I just say this one word that I think can sum up the whole message. We started with this word voice, the voice, voices. But at the end, it's follow. Number one, start to see yourself as a sheep. Be a sheep. And what do sheep do? After they hear the voice of the Lord, the good shepherd, they follow. I want to just mention to you guys quickly just a little bit of a story as I wrap this up. Um, two and a half years ago, my wife and I thought we need, to, we need to listen to the Lord. We feel like he's stirring, we feel like he's doing something, but we're going to have to pay attention to these next steps. And we began to put ourselves in somewhat of a scary situation. We began to say, do you want to move us on from Phoenix, Arizona? We love the people. We love the place. We've really carved out a niche, or you've carved out a niche for us in this place. We've, I felt useful at this church. Things were good. We had, it's just like, it's awesome. So why do you, what are you doing? And yet we paid attention, and we hit D&D &D when we could hit D&D. &D. And we went, and we listened to the Lord, and we felt that he was saying, I've got something else. I'm going to lead you guys out. And we're like, well, what is it? And that's, isn't that natural? You're like, okay, well, where are you leading me? And you want the Lord to tell you, I'm going to take you here and here and here. And then you're like, oh, well, then I can go back and process all that and make a decision whether or not I want to follow, right? But what's interesting is it's almost like the Lord took us just a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. Some opportunities arose. We looked at those opportunities. We're in cooperation with the leadership of Living Streams the whole time. And finally, we go, we feel like the Lord is going to put us on the mission field somewhere, on the foreign mission field, but we don't know where. And right in the middle of it all, I get a call from a guy named Peppo. And we decide the Lord is saying, go to Manfredonia. We hear the voice and we're like, okay, we're going to go check this out. We're going to go. We uproot our life. We sell our house. We leave our friends, which breaks our heart and really breaks the heart of our girls who have had a very hard time finding friends in Italy. Breaks our heart, but we go because we believe that the Lord is leading and we follow. Well, then we were in lockdown. Think about how many times I asked during the time we were in lockdown, what are you doing? I mean, you, you, you took us to Italy when there was going to be a worldwide pandemic? Like, what's the point? I don't understand. I don't get it. It seems like it could be extremely significant. I don't know. But you have all these questions, Lord, what are you doing? But we sit in his midst. We had time to listen, and we listen and listen and listen. And then I just remember when lockdown finally let go, the way that the people started to come around, the things that were in people's hearts and the needs that they had and the way that we got to talk to people. And then the Lord started doing these things that we were paying attention to and people started meeting together and we had to transition this team because the people that we had initially gone to join had already gone home and got stuck stateside for lockdown, which meant we were over there without the team we initially joined. And yet we feel like the Lord's at work and he is. And the great thing is that I stand here today and I'm able to tell you that there's still a group going on even though that I'm here here and my family is back in the states they send us pictures and they facetime with us and they go joel look at us we're hanging out we're doing our thing and the lord provided people to be able to step in and step up during that time and we felt useful like the lord was doing something and it's wonderful and so now we find ourselves back in this time of listening 
And my wife and I are actually saying, well, Lord, what do you have next? And we feel like he's gonna do some sort of a new church somewhere in the United States. We're kind of hearing and feeling like this is the time we're gonna go and be a little closer to my wife's family in the southeastern United States. And so we're listening again, Lord, where will you take us? Where will you take, where do you want us to follow? That's my story. But I wanna ask you, when was the last time you heard God's voice? Was it through a Bible verse this morning as you sat and gave your attention to God's word and he gave you some simple little truth for you to hold on to for this day and maybe the next months? And you recognize that though that truth may be simple and easy to understand, it's a truth that not even death could take down. It will last for eternity. That's how real that truth is that he gave you. Was it a few months ago when you found yourself alone with no job, wondering what you would finally, what you'd do, finally coming to a point where you'd shut your mouth and say, hey God, did you forget about me? Maybe you had an illness during coronavirus and you're asking, Lord, am I even on your radar screen? Something miraculous happened that time though because the Lord did decide to speak to you. And he said something like this. He loves you. He gave up all of his rights as God to be close to you. He suffered just that you could be close to him. He reminded you of your worth and value and that he doesn't need to get anything from you because he already possesses everything in and of himself. Or did you hear the voice of the Lord when last year someone came to you, someone you trusted, someone you love, and they took a chance and shared something you needed to hear, something that actually changed your relationship because it meant you were wrong. But as you reflect on it now, you see it wasn't selfish. They put and risked their relationship putting it on the line because they knew it was best for you. What's God's motivation? We know the hired hand. The hired hand is out for their own well-being. And when the storms of life comes and when the wolf enters the pen, they will flee. The thief simply wants to steal, to kill, destroy, stop you from having the life that Jesus wants for you. But God, he is for you. Why would you listen to his voice? because he is for you. In just a moment, we're gonna do a baptism. It's gonna be a beautiful thing because you get to see people who have said, I wanna hear God's voice. I wanna follow him like a sheep. And so Kurt, while I'm praying, you can go ahead and come up here, but I just wanna pray a blessing over all of you right now. I wanna ask and pray that you'll be able to hear the good shepherd's voice. And I wanna pray that if you are supposed to follow Jesus into baptism, that you would do that today. Jesus, I thank you so much for the people that you brought here, the people online, my family, uh, extended family here in Arizona and even throughout the world now. Just so thankful. So thankful for people that I can love and be loved by in return. It's a blessing to be here. And my heart's cry now is that you would bless them today. 
no matter if they aren't able to join us in person or what, Lord God, that you would bless them and that you would bless them with the ability to be able to hear your voice and that they would make the time and the space to be able to listen. I thank you for them. And for these people getting baptized, I pray your blessing over them today. What a special thing. That they can be an example to us and they can show what it looks like to follow the good shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen.